When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Welcome to Furious Finance, the podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, we are in the throes of winter. I'm doing okay, man. Hanging in. But MCP-wise, my guy, we've got an avalanche of new things coming. Yeah, you and I were talking about this before we rolled mics today. What a crazy time to be in for MCP and the Marvel universe. We always say it, but truly we're in a brand new year. It's crazy. Chris LVO is about to happen. We're about to get a giant amount of actual in-person meta information. That is over hundred players playing the game. Super exciting. It's very exciting because you know, in-person events have started to happen like we've been talking about, but not to the scale. This will be the first major worldwide event for MCP in Las Vegas. And we're going to have a lot of fun information from that. We'll, we will analyze that on the show. We'll talk about it. But also on top of that, you know, you and I did our 2021 retrospective episode last episode, which was really fun. It was just crazy how much happened last year, Chris. I'm going to be honest, even with the shipping crisis, even with the state of the world, so much happened in MCP, so much happened to MCU. It's all documented on our show, 35 episodes worth of last year. And now we're in a new year and we've got a lot to talk about. (laughs) What do you know? We have so much to get to. It's really intimidating and daunting. Maybe you can hear it in my voice, but at the end of the day, it's really exciting, which I hope you can also hear. But yeah, we just have so many cool characters on the way, like fixing to arrive in the States. You know, we are about to play an in-person tournament this weekend. You know, I I really feel like uh, that that big kickoff of the game opening up, I've been, you know, threatening for a year now. I think it's here. I think it is here, Chris. Yeah, and you're right. There's so much happening. We got our tournament, and then next month, we have all the mutants arriving, mm. Mutant Wave 2. You know, I think you're going to use my Jean Grey at the tournament soon, which can be very exciting. So just get all the mutants out there. But also on top of that, Chris, AMG is back to giving us spoilers. AMG is back to writing the blogs. AMG is back to doing the streams and They are fully on the gas. Don't call it a comeback, baby. (laughs) I think they were like, oh, the shipping crisis is starting to resolve itself. Let's just let on the gas with MCP and even some of Legion. Which, So I'm just like living a high right now, Chris. You know, it's our TTS league for Fury's Finest is starting in February. So very shortly, a lot of exciting things, man. And to top it all off, I mentioned AMG is giving us all this new information. And what do they give us, Chris, to bring in the new year? A lot of cool stuff. So they revealed Shadowland Daredevil's coming oh to the game. Oh my gosh. Electra's coming to the game. Hand ninjas are coming to the game. The ninjas are a definite surprise, of course. Electra, not so much. I mean, right. Electra's a staple yeah, for all Marvel games. She's such a she's such a well-designed character visually that it's hard to keep her out mm-hmm. of anything. She's iconic. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely is. We would not have one of my favorite characters of all time without her, Chris. That's Raphael, of course. <laughs> so, But Shadowland Daredevil? 
What? Uh, what a curveball, man. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is nuts. I love it. Uh, you know, just thank you to the Wills. Thank you. But Chris, the name of our show is Fury's Finest. Of course, that's a title that talks about Fury assembling the Avengers. Of course, the the finest group. But it, we would be remiss if we did not mention AMG just revealed Nick Fury is coming to the game. We saw his card and also generic shield agents are coming to the game. So we're in this new age of MCP where we are getting grunts, but we're not getting grunts that are low threat, which was always my fear and your fear, Chris. We are getting grunts that only get to be brought when you bring the parent character. So in this case, Nick Fury is the parent character. The shield agents are the grunt. It's kind of like their cost is built into his card. You know, you're not getting a one point unit that everyone's going to take till the end of time, you know, and their 10 character roster. No, no, no. These are tied to character. They did it, Chris. They brought generic people into the game without breaking the miniatures game where people just make a super wide team. You know, I'm so happy. It's very exciting and thematic, man. It's nuts. I mean, we're always blown away with how they kind of change our expectations as far as game design goes. And, Mm -hmm. but the way this interacts with the lore is nuts. Now I was wrong. I did have, I think I had a prediction on the discord server that fury was going to be kind of a, a support character, a buffing character. Not very true. Cause that man has some dice. He's got some attacks, a lot of pierce, a lot of pierce, and then some extra dice from his little, you know, regenerating uh, mint troops that he just keeps calling in. And maybe that's his support, right, Chris? Is is he just keeps spawning troops, almost like creep in a MOBA? You know, you and I talked about after dark right. MOBAs. It's like his support is he only supports his grunts, which is pretty cool. Gives them rerolls, gets power from them. You know, lots of things happen off of the triggers of grunts. And then he just spends power and keeps spawning grunts. So he's like this weird parent character, as they're calling him, which I think is a very helpful term to help us wrap our head around the gameplay. And he supports the grunts that he's the parent to. But that's about it. We say that the most exciting curveball, Chris, with Nick Fury. We have a new affiliation in the game. Last line of defense, affiliation shield i'm gonna struggle not calling agents a shield because it just it just rolls off the tongue but affiliation shield oh my gosh this is a versatile interesting complex leadership we're gonna dive in more of this in the future on our news segment but basically you know if you have fewer vps than your opponent anytime characters on your team are dazed or ko'd you get vps to catch up to your opponent and then when you catch up to your opponents you don't gain vps anymore obviously because you've caught up but now you get a new ability, which is when characters are dealt damage, if they spin power, they can advance short towards the attacking character. This is opening up a lot, Chris. I'm even thinking of some of those weird big threat characters that, you know, like I, we talk about all the time, get quasi staggered by being pushed away and stuff. But now, do you really want to attack them to get them a free short move? Interesting. Can we sneak Wolverine into the shield affiliation? I would be very intrigued by that. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, maybe that's an after dark episode. Uh, we'll 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 wait till later. We'll wait till later. They really are forcing this go wide thing here lately. So it seems like we see yeah. some of these mechanics, uh, you know, kind of come in waves. So I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what the next wave will be uh, after the go wide. I'm also very curious, like who is in the affiliation shield? Because oh, yeah. one of the things Chris and I talked about before we even got to this episode today was surely the shield team will be smaller than some other teams, and that will make this leadership not so overpowering, extremely powerful. Yeah, exactly. So this is one of those things like it'll work, but. You know, you've got to think of it that way. Of course, you can bring anybody in MCP on any team and they're going to get the affiliation if you met affiliation requirements. I love that about the game. Once again, if they are a smaller team, all right, throw a bucky in, you know, make their stock go up. Interesting things like that. We'll see. I don't want to speculate into, uh, you know, Mm-mm. what characters we're going to be seeing. We'll talk about them when when they're confirmed. But my mind is racing and I'm very excited. The last thing we're going to talk about with these reveals, Chris, and it was something that was revealed on stream because we have yet to see his card, but... Shadowland Daredevil, Matt Murdock, Darkseid. I cannot believe it. Is the second leader of the criminal syndicate. We don't know what it is yet, but that is an incredible, crazy thing. I mean, Kingpin's got a buddy now. The fact that Shadowland Daredevil is coming to the game at all. That's enough. Is nuts. (laughs) You know, and I kind of figured they might do a hand faction and maybe he is a leader and... uh, and Electro's a leader, but you have a tough time filling out points on that faction, I guess. So, yeah, a second criminal syndicate faction to kind of 
make an umbrella for smaller things like that, and we're getting the parent mechanic again with the the mm-hmm. grunt ninjas, which is awesome. Very cool. Now I get to have Wolverine kill ninjas. This is perfect. It's the dream. Yeah. I love it, Chris. I love it. I'm very excited. My dreams are coming true. It's something I said on our episode of the Illuminati Roundtable. I said, my hopes and dreams for 2022 is getting more leaders in affiliations we already have and filling out affiliations we already have, as in getting more X-Men, getting more Brotherhood. But then on top of that, getting that second and third leader for all the other teams like the Avengers have. That's what I want out of this year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I just, I think that would be so healthy for the game to have two leaders for every affiliation. At least, yeah. At some point in the future. And what if this was the year that kicked it off? And, you know, what a start with the second criminal syndicate leader. It's crazy. And you know what, Chris? I'm not a big criminal syndicate player at all. I might be with Shadowland. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think I might try it now. You know, I've already been dabbling in the criminal syndicate lately as a splash team inside my spider foes because there's so much crossover just to have them if that crisis comes up, but not intending to play them. Essentially, I'm getting pushed more in the criminal direction, getting some really cool characters and these hand ninjas. I'm just saying, I apologize in advance, but I'm going to paint mine like the foot, you know, their second iteration and Teenage Ninja Turtles because the references are abound quality stuff. But how different are the hand and the foot? Not very different at all. That's kind of the joke there. Uh, the color schemes and it's everything. True. But, you know, rather than all red, let's do some grays and reds, see how it looks. But I, I think these models are incredible too. And I just can't wait, Chris, but we'll talk about it more in the future because the possibilities are endless right now. And let's also not forget that one month away, we're going to have new members of the Brotherhood and new members of the X-Men and X-Force. So I just can't handle it. It's a crazy thing. But today, we're back finally in the spider foes. I say finally, we've had a lot of important episodes to cover. We we had a lot of important MCU content. We had a great discussion with Omnis Protocol on building Guardians of the Galaxy because a lot of people are getting into building Guardians of the Galaxy again because now they've completely changed. And then we had our retrospective of 2021, Chris. So the spider foes got put on pause briefly, but we're back in fully. I'm very excited for these next couple episodes of the primary show where we talk about the spider foes and finish them out because it's one of my favorite factions in the game, as we know. And today is going to be a really unique episode, I think. It is going to be a unique episode. The lore this week isn't going to be super long, really not even super interesting, not not to like sell it short or anything, but, (laughs) you know, we'll get there. But I'm very much looking forward to talking tactics with you on Mysterio. I know you're somewhat of an expert. I'm trying. I'm trying to learn him more and more every time I play him, but I'm very excited, Chris. But before we get into today's episode, we got some business to attend to. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy our show, consider supporting with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And I say that, Chris, and I really mean it because let's be honest, we've talked about it before. It's just something that happens every year to artists on Patreon. The winter months and the holiday season are the lowest numbers of Patreon all year because everyone's got a lot of financial and holiday duties to attend to and travel, which we completely understand. So the patrons that stick with us during this time, it really means a lot because it's a low dip for us. So it's very exciting that we have patrons that support the show. And you know, Chris, the Discord community is thriving and that new TTS League is starting very soon. Very excited to start that with the patrons. Season two, I think, is going to be just that much better and even more fun. I'm very hyped. But yeah, it winter's tough, and that's okay. Like Jesse said, guys, we're thankful for each and every one of you. Absolutely. And of course, we've got to thank a patron this week, Chris, a new patron. The patron of the week is Benjamin. Great name. Thank you, Benjamin, for being a patron of Fury's Finest and supporting the show. And like always, we've got to come in with our big Avenger level producers, Zack Attack, Rusty, and Dylan. Guys, you make the show happen. We really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Avengers. All right, Chris, let's get into lore. Let's go. Let's talk about Quentin Beck, the original Mysterio. You know, we've seen Far From Home. You guys all have an idea. 
But not only that, <laughs> Mysterio is is such an interesting character with Marvel because he's got such that iconic design and mm-hmm. everybody knows who he is. He's part of that that Sinister Six rogues gallery that's just beloved, right? Absolutely. Yet, you know, doesn't go much farther than that, really, a lot of times. This might be another case, Chris, of one of those things we talked about in all of our Spider-Foes episodes so far, and obviously some of them more than others, but there is something about this rogues gallery that even the the least fleshed out characters, their design, their color schemes, their presence on the, the panel is so iconic and so different from other villains in Marvel that it's basically unforgettable. Even if they're like characters that aren't as fleshed out as well. We talked about how Craven's kind of the least realized in this way, True. visually, but he's still so compelling. But you've got characters like the Goblin, Lizard, Mysterio, Vulture, you know, the list goes on. Even characters like Rhino, right? We don't, which we don't even have in the game. But like when someone sees these characters, they kind of remember the silhouette. They remember the suit. They remember the colors forever. And I think that's a huge element of this. And for people in and around our age, they remember the Spider-Man cartoon. And Mysterio was definitely very prominent in that cartoon and excellent Absolutely. in that cartoon. So, I mean, it makes sense. And I just, I just find it very, very interesting, you know, when characters are far more popular in maybe pop culture or other medium than they are actually in the comics. But let's talk about who Quentin Beck is. Quentin Beck is a special effects wizard, illusionist, yeah. master hypnotist, magician, amateur chemist, roboticist. He's really, really smart. He's even an extremely well-trained hand-to-hand combatant and an active stuntman. So, you know, it's theorized that with all of these things combined, he can kind of hold his own against metahumans and, and superpowered. But augmenting this, of course, is the suit and all the tech and high gadget, high tech gadgetry and wizardry. Mysterio's suit is very, very cool. His helmet is made of <laughs> one way plexiglass. Uh, he can see through, people cannot see in. The helmet also includes air supply to protect him from a lot of the, his own, you know, kind of gases and things he stores somehow in this amazing suit. He's got sonar to navigate with uh, in his mist, a holographic projector to create 3D illusions. His boots contain magnetic coil springs, which allow him to kind of keep up with Spider-Man in the leaping department. Got a lot of various uh, poisons and smoke screens and, and different things and gases that he can kind of mix on the fly. And of course, just the regular gas that lets him kind of escape things and confuse his enemies. It's a very interesting power set. And much like, I, you know, and I think it's kind of amazing how Atomic Mass brought this whole kind of hodgepodge and mishmash of, mm-hmm. you know, how do we make sense of this kind of character idea I had, you know, onto the tabletop and it's just it's very i think it's admirable it's very cool well and of course chris i think one of his most potent weapons in his arsenal you mentioned but taking that one step further a lot of those gases are poisonous or hallucinogenic yes which is a huge element so essentially if you're hitting your enemies with hallucinogenic gas and then you're doing these special effects and illusions you know it's like a double-edged sword you know it's it's a it's a very different version of one of my favorite batman characters the scarecrow you know scarecrow is the more aggressive version of this type of character and more focused whereas yes whereas mysterio uses the hallucinogen mysterio the scarecrow is is almost entirely hyper focused on this, you know, fear inducing hallucinogen, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and all that. But Mysterio definitely uses it, and yeah, he's kind of the less nefarious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where where scarecrow is kind of almost just pure evil in in a lot of ways, or just meant you know had a mental break and never never got right again. Mysterio is just kind of just a bad guy. <laughs> he's more neutral in his yeah. evil, right? Which is, I guess, part of it. I guess career. His yeah, he's kind of a career cl- criminal. You know, don't don't insult him. He's a professional. You know, he's not necessarily trying to induce fear or right. intentional pain on his victims. He just wants to get what he wants to get done and on his terms. And you know, of course, his suit also has 
occasionally lasers and electric like electricity and oh yeah and whatever fields and stuff whatever he needs yeah yeah he's got all the tech yeah he's got a plot suit that's right but <laughs> speaking of this character chris he's been around a long long time like a lot of our spider foes oh yes mysterio is created by stan lee and steve ditko and he first appears in the amazing spider-man number 13 which published in june of 1964 and that helps frame your thoughts on him i feel like chris because it makes it much more obvious that he had pulpy starts just from the time he was made and those issues of spider-man at the time it was very pulpy very you know in that realm so you you kind of frame him that way and then moving forward obviously they do, they do different things with the character but you know early 60s character it's going to go a certain way sometimes villains you know it is and you know that's okay because i will give him this his, his first appearance is kind of an interesting interesting story i i like it okay uh, so the, as the story goes in Amazing Spider-Man number 13, what's going to happen is the, the book's going to open up with Spider-Man robbing a bank. It's Whoa. going to, to open up with J. Jonas Jameson just decrying Spider-Man as a, as a thief. You know, he's been right the whole time. And of course, uh, you know, this is plastered all over the city. And Peter starts having a crisis of self. Peter mm. starts wondering if he has developed a second personality that gets out wow. in the middle of the night and goes a Robin moon night stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, of course this is not the case. It is just Quentin Beck's plan to become <laughs> a superhero. And what he's going to do is introduce himself to Jameson and get a story published. It, of course, fooling, Jameson and his cronies into thinking that he is a superpowered individual. And he's going to get them to run a story in which Spider-Man is instructed to meet Mysterio on top of the Brooklyn Bridge the next day, in which, of course, it happens and Mysterio comes out on top. He's then hailed as a hero. J. Jonas Jameson is propping him up as a true, you know, superhero not like this vigilante villain spider-man you know mm -hmm. all this all these things and it's you know very fun i i think it's really cool really it's just i think it's a really well thought out story i think it's especially for one issue i you know but needless to say spider-man's gonna prevail mysterio's gonna go to jail he's gonna go away for a little bit he is going to then resurface with the first appearance of the Sinister Six. He is a founding member. Iconic. Yeah. Right? And, of course, we've discussed uh, the Sinister Six uh, in past episodes uh, as far as, you know, what they were up to and what they were getting into. So, he's going to show up here and there, you know, kind of bouncing around Marvel. Not, not a whole lot going on. And... It's going to come upon the first of uh, my reading recommendations. And this is the story Guardian Devil. Now, at this point, Mysterio has been imprisoned for life. But he is has been a model prisoner, a model citizen of, of the prison system for most of his stay. And he is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Of course, with all these gases and things he's been using, it was inevitable. So... Being that he was a model citizen, uh, the parole board grants him his, you know, final days as a free man. And as such, he gets out and he decides he wants to go out proper. And at this time in Marvel, it was not Peter Parker, Spider-Man. It was during the clone saga. So you have a mm. clone Spider-Man. So Mysterio thinks, no, I don't have any beef with that guy. I'm going to, uh, I got to find another hero to kind of, he, he's wanting to do kind of, you know, death by cop. And so he just, wow. he settles on Daredevil. And the reason he decides to focus on Daredevil, since Spider-Man is kind of off limits, uh, is because he, Daredevil had recently thwarted an insurance scam that Mysterio was involved with. <laughs> so since Spider-Man's not available, he's going to go to the next best superhero and he is going to enact his plan to drive Daredevil crazy. And he's going to use a special drug that he concocts to really just kind of bring down Daredevil's mood. 
basically it's it's really going to all come down to <laughs> some really really interesting and out there stuff with some uh children christ or antichrist and some drug use things like that so we're gonna we're gonna skip a lot of that but ultimately what goes on here is mysterio is found out by daredevil and daredevil does not kill quentin beck but quentin beck will end up taking his own life at the end of this storyline once it is clear that daredevil has figured it out and that is the last we see of quentin beck as mysterio for some time i kind of want to touch on you know kind of the role he plays in in marvel he's kind of a more and i know we talked about scarecrow there but he's very much the trickster you see a lot the trickster and especially in native american mythology and folklore but he's he's very much that that brand of character in the same way that loki is kind of a trickster uh you know he goes down a different path of course but and not as jovial of course mm-hmm. as as loki is but that is that is ultimately what he is he's he's can just wanting everyone to believe these these versions of reality, you know, slightly augmented realities. And it's just, it's a very interesting concept. And he's a very interesting character. He just hasn't been around a lot. He will be resurrected. There will be others that use the mantle of Mysterio, but he will come back in a pretty interesting way. He convinces Spider-Man that he has shrunk him with a, with the, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids type shrinking device. And that giant Mysterio is trying to, uh, you know, smash tiny Spider-Man that's in this, you know, tiny, uh, you know, maze and, and playground type type thing. And eventually, of course, Spider-Man figures it all out and everything. But, you know, it's just, it's very interesting. His stories are very imaginative and and that's what I really do like about the character. That is where are where we are going to leave lore off for today. I know it didn't have a ton of stories about the character and everything, but there's really not. I mean, he's been in a lot, involved in a lot, but not a lot of them are very super remarkable. And I know some people will probably get upset with that, and that that's okay. It's just I don't know. We've got a lot to talk talk about in strategy, so let's now move on to his screen appearances. That's right, Chris. So today we're talking about Quentin Beck. First of all, can we talk about how great of a name Quentin Beck is? Once again, these guys early on just nailing the names of characters. I just think it's such an iconic name. Love the name Quentin too. Yeah. Very for strong. Sure. So Quentin Beck is in the MCU, Spider Man, Far From Home. And the way they execute this character, Chris, okay, I say this up front. It's not one of the strongest movies in the MCU. I do really enjoy it, though, and I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Spider-Man fan. But the execution of this character in particular is the high point of this movie. And man, did they execute this character. Like, they even have seasoned Spider-Man fans second-guessing. Wait, is he actually good? You know, like he's trekking the viewer of the film as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't seen this film... Fast forward a minute or two right now, because this is something that happens sometimes. If people haven't caught up with the MCU when Chris and I talk about an MCU character, but luckily this film's been out for a couple of years now, but Jake Gyllenhaal playing Quentin Beck kind of nails the character, but he nails it in a completely different way from the comics. He, he nails the modern MCU Quentin Beck. And I say that modern MCU, like they also embrace the fact that he uses the mocap suit which is an incredible curveball they bring into this movie and bring it modern day. And the whole team, you know, him having yeah. that, that, that whole, whole team, team. And, and everything going, I thought was an in, a really awesome touch and a very modern touch to kind of make something like this a little bit more feasible, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, it the imagination of how his powers worked and how he was doing it and the mocap, yes, those were all very, very imaginative and very well done. That's why I like the MCU so much. It's it's little things like that. Sorry. Right. Rant no, over. you're right. And and I just think like, you know, his suit's really cool. It's it's very MCU'd up, I will say. You know, yes. I I wish it was a little bit more classic pulpy, like they kind of maintained with the Spider Foes and the recent Spider-Man film, Spider-Man No Way Home. But I understand why they went the route they did, because they were trying to convince us that he was not a supervillain, that he was a superhero from a different dimension or realm akin to a Thor or something. I mean, his suit is very evocative of Thor's suit in Thor 1. You know, it's it's like he has the chest plate, he has he has the cape. His colors are completely different from the Mysterio in the comics. But Gyllenhaal 
kind of nails this character because Chris, the way they portray this character in the MCU is he's not only putting on a show with his special effects, but he's putting on a master criminal subterfuge to everyone he's talking to. And like, actually, when we see him out of the suit, per se, he's more like a Sam Rockwell, like Hammer. He's more like Hammer. And like, we get two sides of this character by one actor. It's very cool. It's very well done. Well, and it's really fleshing out and turning Quentin Beck into a more interesting character, too. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, like, you know, what what interest is there? It's his powers. It's the way it's the tricks he plays on Spider-Man. That's what exactly. It is. That's what he's here for. We not anything else. But on screen, you need more. And they did that. And Hall did a great job. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like, I lament every time we get a great casting for a great Marvel villain and it's executed well, they're gone by the end of the film. I'm always right. like, I know it's always a bummer. It, it's an MCU issue. Truly. Well, I, I think it it's probably, a, it's probably a movie making issue. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But it's palpable when we get someone like a Josh Brolin playing Thanos over multiple mini appearances. And then he gets, two full robust movies you know i feel like you're like well that was it that's good you know what i mean but when it's like a spader is ultron for one movie or a hall is mysterio for one movie and it's just so well done you're like it's hard it's hard could to we let got go. a little bit more just a little bit more you know because maybe they should get their enough. own disney plus origin miniseries or something i don't know just just talking let's be real ultron's never truly dead so ultron i ultron will that be could back. change yeah, but Joan Hall's that's probably it for him in the MCU. He did a great job. He's a great actor. I've, you know, you and I, Chris, being the age we are, we've watched his entire career, our entire lives, from his first roles to now. So it's pretty cool to see yeah. like the progression of him getting to as big of a role as an MCU villain. And he executed it really well. But that's it for Mysterio and film appearances. Of course, Chris, you mentioned earlier, and I'll mention again, he was a major staple of the 90s Spider-Man and even the 60s Spider-Man cartoons. He was a lot, man. He, he appeared a lot in those. And also, another cool part about Mysterio and the cartoons in particular, and also, also some of the comics, sometimes he teamed up with Spider-Man. He wasn't opposed to that. If it right. served his own means, or he, Spider-Man can convince him otherwise. Because once again, this is not a purely evil character. This is He's a bit more fluid in his allegiances. So I have always liked that about the character. It's one of my favorite parts about him is that he's <laughs> he's not quite as ill as a lot of the other spider foes you know he's mm. just a little bit yeah. a selfish and a criminal you know he he's not legitimately mind altered or ill from some mishap you know he like you said chris he's a brilliant tech guy that uh has a tendency for crime and that's the way he leans but that's about it professional criminal man he's not like you know some sociopath or your you know, ill schizophrenic or various things that happen to the to the characters in the Spider Foes realm, but he fits right in with them. You know, because their plans lead to his plans sometimes. And I, he's had some interesting interactions with Doc Ock for that reason. I think Doc Ock is one of the more nuanced characters within this group. Well, Doc Ock is also incredibly fleshed out. Absolutely, one of the most fleshed out in the entire right. series we're talking about right now, which is the Spider Foes, but. Chris, we got to close out this lore section like we always do for a Mysterio comic book recommendation. Jesse, I'm glad you asked. The first one, I actually am going to recommend Amazing Spider-Man number 13. Now, I know it's going to be hard to find a paper copy of that, so it'll have (laughs) to be digital. But if you do, you're in a different realm than us. Yeah, maybe maybe become (laughs) a patron if you can. Yeah. (laughs) The next one is, of course, Guardian Devil. And this last one's a little, it's a little long. It's it's a long storyline, but it's the gauntlet and the grim hunt. And this is a very, very cool storyline with Spider-Man that happened in some more recent Spider-Man comics, i.e. in the last 20 years. But it's all the Sinister Six. It's, It's rad. Please check it out if you can. But it is going to be Amazing Spider-Man issues number 611 through 637. Web of Spider-Man Volume 2, numbers 2 through 7, Grim Hunt, The Craven Saga, Amazing Spider-Man, Origin of the Hunter. That's the entire list. The whole storyline is called uh, The Gauntlet and Grim Hunt. You'll be able to, well, it's The Gauntlet and Grim Hunt storylines. Google it. You'll be able to get it. All right, Chris. Very good. Well, we've got to move on to strategy because Mysterio is a complex strategy 
segment on our show. So let's go. His name is Mysterio. His alter ego is Quentin Beck. On his healthy side, he has a stamina of six, a move of short, a height of two, and a threat cost of three. His defenses are one physical, one energy, five mystic. And on his injured side, Chris, he has a stamina of five, taking up to a total of 11, being above average for three threats. What are your thoughts on these stats initially? You know, this is a very complex character. This is not a very good picture of this character. I know already, but that's exactly what I think is, well, first off, I like the 11 health. I like that. I like the 11 stamina quite a bit. The defensive dice definitely uh, let you know that something's up with this character absolutely and the short move is very scary because let's be honest a short move on a small base character is extremely rare in this game in fact only a couple characters in the game have it period so mysterio is kind of in that group with crossbones where it's like right he's very slow and that's part of the character that's intentional but these stats at first glance are very alarming chris you know when you read this so I think in order to wrap our heads around Mysterio, we're going to do something different today. We're going to do superpowers before attacks because his whole kit is based off of his superpowers and your attacks are based off of what you can do with said superpower. So his first superpower is a reactive superpower called tricks and traps. It costs three power. When an enemy character ends movement within range three of Mysterio, Mysterio may use the superpower. Roll four dice. The enemy character suffers one damage for each crit and wild rolled. If this superpower dealt at least one damage, Mysterio might now advance short. Okay, so we're seeing a trend already. This is good. Interesting. Interesting so far. Next, his next superpower is an innate superpower. And the rest of his superpowers will be innate. So, yes. You know, that that initial worry of, oh my, how am I going to get the power to make this character work? Breathe a little bit easier, friend. Master of Illusions. Whenever Mysterio rolls dice, after the effect is resolved, Mysterio gains one power if he rolled at least one blank. Additionally, Mysterio uses its mystic defense when making a dodge roll. So no matter what happens... You're always using five defense to make dodge saves. Very strong. Gets around the using your physical defense for dodge saves. Straight up. All right, Chris, he's got three more innate powers left. I'm just going to go through them because they're pretty simple. The first one is smoke and mirrors. When an enemy character targets Mysterio with an attack, Mysterio may use his mystic defense regardless of the attack type unless the enemy character pays two power. So unless you're paying two power, Mysterio is always using a defense of five mystic arguably one of the better defenses in the entire game because yeah. it's not as it's not as represented that has changed recently with a lot of convocation members coming out but still absolutely huge 100 percent. because chris the way this kind of works where it's like it puts your opponent in a bad position every time it's like do you want to attack mysterio when he rolls five defense dice some of the highest defense dice in the game period on any model on any defense stat and he'll use it for energy he'll use it for physical he'll use it for mystic or do you just want to pay two power every time you attack mysterio he's taxing their economy on his worst day yeah and i mean look let's not even mention the synergy that his superpowers get when you throw in his next one stealth anybody's got to be within range three to attack him that's right now when anyone ends their movement within range three, what happens? Tricks and traps opens up. His last uh, superpower is flight, so now we can get on with it. Yeah, he's never going to be hindered by terrain, but it's strange because he's a short mover, so he's never really his speed's always short, anyways. But it, it all keeps it very clear with flight cards when it comes to tactics cards, and also just he gets to move Chris when the trap goes off. That's, that's something people forget about the tricks and traps a lot where it's like, yes, it's just rockets, booby traps, but he gets free movement out of it. So no, it's not just rockets, booby traps. It's better version of rockets, booby traps, which, you know, something I haven't talked about yet, Chris, with this ability, because it's been a long time since I talked about rockets, booby traps, tricks and traps. The wording is the enemy character suffers one damage for each crit and wild rolled full stop. That's it. You don't make a defensive saves or anything. Right. So when you move into Mysterio's area and you have one, two, or three life, there is a chance you might not get to do anything else on your activation because you might daze or KO yourself. 
even if you're just passing through that that bubble. Now, if you right. are like double moving, you end your movement in that bubble yep. before you can take that next movement, your opponent can go ahead and trigger this superpower. So be careful. Before we move on to attacks, Chris, I will talk about the power of Mysterio's gaining power. And that is <laughs> Master of Illusions. You cannot sleep on how good this is on Mysterio. When this character rolls dice after the effect is resolved, so after everything's happened in the dice tree. Now, if you rolled a blank, you gain one power. This is like Beast's provocative, but better. Yeah. Because this says when you roll dice. Now, that means anytime you attack, anytime you defend, anytime you dodge, anytime you try to flip that Cree power core, anytime you roll dice in the game with Mysterio, you can gain power. So it's really easy to miss this because it is a million triggers with this character. But like, just think about every time you're playing Mysterio, anytime you do anything in the game that involves rolling dice, if you roll blank, you get power. This is very important because... You can be flush on power from bad dice rolls, but now you're flush on power for traps. It's true. And spender attacks. He's got some pretty decent spender attacks. I think we just got to move on to his attacks now because it it's going to make even more sense. So his first attack is a mystic attack called Hypnosis Gas. It's range three. What do you know? It's a strength of four and it's a power cost of zero. After the attack is resolved, Mysterio gains power equal to the damage dealt, and if this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, Mysterio may advance the target character short. So, four dice, we don't love, Chris. We do love range three. Yes. But four dice mystic is already better than four dice energy or physical in some That's ways. true. But most importantly, this is a cheaper version of the one of the most powerful strikes in the game, Doctor Strange's Strike. Just as a refresher, Doctor Strange, of course, he's a five threat. So his is a range four energy attack, five dice. Mysterio's is a range three, four dice, mystic. It's very clearly supposed to be a weaker version of Doctor Strange's ability, which I love thematically, Chris, that he kind of did the same thing. But either one of them, if they deal damage, they move you short. That's all they care about. Like they're building power, but they're also moving you short and they're controlling what they do. But guess what Mysterio can do when he moves you short, Chris? He can move you into his trap range. Oh, you mean you might finish your movement within that range three of him? That's and right. And you might have just gained the power you needed to trigger that from rolling a blank in that attack? Yeah. And now you might take auto damage from the trap. But guess what? Even if you don't take auto damage from the trap, say the trap's a whiff, you he might have rolled again. a blank again. You might have rolled a blank again. And Mysterio gets power again. Because when Mysterio rolls dice for his traps, he also gets power if he rolls a blank. Mm. So when he gets power going, he gets it going but also you're right chris like the hypnosis gas alone like say you're attacking a wolverine this just ruins his day like you can gain power off of the strike alone for sure and then move them short which is just horrendous yeah it's really bad for those of us that try to make wolverine work yep there's a few of us but we're out here i love we're trying but chris go and read his spender because this is a pretty incredible and interesting spender Well, this one is Curtain Call. It is going to be a range two mystic attack with a strength of six. It is going to cost you four power to use. If this attack deals damage, and if the target character is size two or less, after this attack is resolved, the target character may be thrown short. Size two or less, but thrown short. Yeah. That's very good. But wait, we're not done. On a wild, you will trigger stagger. So not only are you potentially throwing this character into, you know, maybe one of its friends, mm-hmm. potentially damaging both of them, but you're also handing out a stagger? Huge. That's big. That is that is why it costs four power. But like you were saying, his economy can roll if he's rolling lots of dice. So the odds of you being able to get this off and probably get most of the power back that you need just from rolling the dice involved in Curtain Call to have a, a Tricks and Traps up for for yourself for his kind of off turn. It's pretty good. That's yeah, really good. I think you do this when he's topped off, Chris. I don't think you do this when he's kind of mid-power level. But right, when right. He's topped he needs off, to have five, this. six, seven power to think about that, yeah. Yeah, because you always want to have three for the traps, always, and ideally six maybe, right? So two traps in a round or something. But- like I said, anytime he rolls dice, you can potentially get a power from a blank. So 
this is his biggest dice pool, six dice. So there's a chance for him to get power out of this. You're right. I think that's why it costs four, because I think at three, it wouldn't be too good. Yeah. Three, three, it'd be about right. With three, with him gaining power from blanks and, and movement and traps, like it just it makes sense that it's four, because it they don't want you to do everything in one turn with Mysterio. Once again, his his strike is just very strong if it goes right, and then his tricks and traps is very strong. So, this spenders when you're when you're ready, you know, when you have a lot of power. And I really love it. Like you said, a throw and a potentially a stagger is really good. The part that's rough about this spender, Chris, that I've encountered, you know, it's gone really well for me. Sometimes it's gone really bad for me. Other times is have to deal damage to do the throw. And have to get a while to do the stagger. There's not any like auto triggers, you know, and that's okay. He's a three threat at the end. I was going to say that's, that's kind of a caveat that's got to go in the whole three threat thing, right? Well, and we're talking about three threats now, right? Like, and Mysterio is one of our, those unique characters that come up every once in a while where we talk about it, where it's like getting specialist three threats and four threats is very interesting. Like he has huge weaknesses and huge strengths. That's unique to this character. You know, this is not a Baron Zemo all arounder guy. This, this guy serves one purpose, you know, and that's where we start getting really interesting discussions. You can't like look at him on paper and say, Oh, he's, he's bad. He's horrible at this and amazing at this. So he's X. It's not really how the specialists work. So that's what I want to talk to you here about Jesse. What role does he fulfill in a team? Where, what are you doing with him on the board? And then I think we'll move on to talking about where he fits. So I think he has two roles in the game. Namely, we're going to take a crisis approach on this. And his roles are, you know, the maps where we're straight up Main Street, those those mm-hmm. E maps. I think he's really strong on those because maybe he plays it safe early game on the back E closest uh-huh. to you because he, he can't be blown up if he has no power. Mid game, late game, he's in the middle. He's disrupting people out of that gamma shelter. He's moving people into traps, whatever. Very powerful there. But I also think he's p- pretty powerful on the maps, the Bs and the Ds, those those four points on the map. Okay, he, yeah. He's by himself somewhere. And you put him in a matchup, he can win. And, and what kind of matchup is that? What are you looking for? You're looking for, I, I'm assuming you're looking for kind of rangier characters, maybe? Or, or are you... So they have to get within stealth range to do anything to him? Or are you looking for characters that maybe get disrupted easily? I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking my best use of him has been on those B and D maps against, say, a brawler, like a Luke Cage or something. Gotcha. Where it's like Luke Cage will wreck his day if he gets in his face and can spin the tax. But like that alone is almost like worthwhile that Mysterio's tie up Cage for that, right? And and then on top of that, like if Mysterio can move these brawlers who have all these range two attacks and stuff, he's giving them a stagger in a way, right? Because he's moving them away short. He's triggering traps, doing damage to them. He's gaining power from the traps. And now they have to move back short. It's basically a stagger to the point, And Mysterio is kind of controlling the point. Now, what's interesting is like sometimes Mysterio too can do cool stuff where he can control a back D or B point on your side, kind of the yes. front part of it. And then he can move people on their D or B point away. Does that make sense? Very interesting, yeah. So it's almost like he's scoring for you safely on yours. He's a little bit up. He's a little aggressive. Right, because he's only got range three. Yeah, but he's also potentially like just moving their characters off their right. point. So he's scoring you a VP. He's gaining power for that late game. He just keeps moving people away. And he's playing know? that stealth disruptor, right? Yeah, so he's very like a control one point guy. And I say that because he's never going to... Outside of the e-maps, he's never going to really move to another point in the game except the point across from him. That's it. You know, like he's never going to, oh, I was on the left B or D D of the map. I'm going to move to the right. No, he's not going to flip sides of the map. Yeah, no, he's too slow. So you want to take him when you're playing that up main street scenario or maybe one of these B or D scenarios and kind of like control one point. And then eventually late game, if he won, hopefully he won. He can move across to their point and score it, right? And now you've got a guy <laughs> that's got five defense on their point who has stealth that you have to come to to get in stealth range, and now you have to pay a tax to kill him. You see what I mean? Is He's all about disruption. He's all about disruption. He he sounds just like gum in the works. He's a discount Loki. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a major disruptor, yeah. I, I can totally see that. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, very interesting. So what, what kind of characters are you scared of when you're playing 
as Mysterio? Good questions. Probably any character that can change their attack type and pay a of cost. So high economy, maybe maybe leave him out against A Force type stuff. Yeah, I mean, but also he could like ruin She-Hulk's day, right? It's one of those things where That's it's like true. just moving her away yep. short a lot. Obviously, he's a strong pick right now, even in, ironically, I say, like, we've got a lot more mystic people in the game, which innately makes him different. Right. But also, right. like, it makes him more powerful, right? We have more mystic people in the game than ever before. Yeah. Right. He's he's going he's gonna to get that five on their big attacks. Yeah. No matter what. They can't tax out of it. Yeah. But someone like a Hawkeye who can do whatever he wants. Can change his arrows to different type and then pay the power. He will kill Mysterio. But once again, Hawkeye's still got to get in range three. That's so very this true. Is, this is the, very this true. Is the twist. And this is what I'm talking about. I think people are too eager to get Mysterio deep in round one. You know, and all you're going to do with him round one is move him short twice. That's just what you're going to do. He's one of those characters like Crossbones. He's He takes a round of setup, which is one of his weaknesses. But the thing I said about him is like once he starts rolling dice over and over again, he will have power economy going. So your goal is to roll as many dice as possible throughout the game with him to keep his economy up, to keep his traps up, you know, and then maybe late game, Chris, he's just a guy that can spend some of your tack cards because say he won his point and he moved mm-hmm. across to their point. Well, you're never going to move him from that point. You're just going to score the rest of the game and maybe he's going to be flush on power, right? And no one wants to go deal with him. So they're just going to, uh, Mr. scoring one secure the rest of the game. That's how I tend to deal with him. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's your tack card guy now, right? Which is very cool. And that leads us into his tactics card because right. I think if you're playing him, it's very strong. This card is in your 10 and that's not I, a crazy yeah, thing to I say. I think now. so. It's called the grand illusion. It's unaffiliated. So if Mr. is in your team, whether team he's on does not matter, he can play this. It's an active tactics card. Mysterio may spend four power to play this card. Very expensive. Until the end of the cleanup phase, when an enemy character makes an attack, defense, or dodge roll while within range three of Mysterio, it does not add dice to the roll for critical results, and Mysterio changes all of its critical results to skulls. This is a second copy of Bitter Rivals. So nasty, man. But only Mysterio. He's making the giant illusion. You take this card in particular when you play those E-maps. Mm, yeah. Or, let's be honest, Mysterio's an affiliated criminal, which we're going to get to in a minute. Chris, the criminals love Mayor Fisk and Terra Genesis, just those two side points where it's only two. Yeah, I'm aware. This is very powerful on that too, right? Because no matter what, Mysterio's going to be at one of those points. He's going to play this card and affect every person at that one point, right? So this is a another bit of rivals in your deck, but it's not restricted. I know it's a little bit different bit of rivals, but to wrap your head around it, it's the same sort of thing where it's like they don't crit and also all their crits are turned into the worst result in the game. They can't modify skulls. Very powerful card. And I think you play him for this card. Now, I will say... The scenarios we talked about earlier, say you're playing wide spider foes, which is something I've been trying lately. You're playing that B and D map or something. You probably don't bring this card, you know, because what is he going to get? One or two people in the bubble. That's it. Yeah. Max, max. If you're going to play this card, you have to engineer a scenario where you're going to get clumps. Yeah. And this is insane. I'm like Gamma, Demon Soundtown, Terra Genesis, Mayor Fisk. It's insane on those maps because there's only so many points on the map people can go, period. So, like, very powerful. I think this is one of the reasons you take him, Chris. Like, this is even Mm. better. This is even better than Lizard's card. We talked about how strong Lizard's card is. The guaranteed push on everybody, right? Just guaranteed. This is better. This is, like, the Loki thing I'm talking about, right? And I don't know, man. A lot of disruption. This is a disruption character. Straight disruption. You're really making me want to play him. <laughs> so speaking of, I'm sold, man. He is he is my specialist three. Where am I putting him? All right, Chris. So good question. Mysterio is affiliated with three teams, which is very strong. Spider foes, of course. Criminal of course. Syndicate, of course, and Cabal, the curveball. Very exciting. Okay, so let's talk about those three teams first. Spider foes helps him out a lot because like we've talked about before. He has a hard time dealing a lot of damage to people, so the Spider Foes lets you re-roll a defense dice on the opponent after you've seen all results. It's the last step of the phase. Very strong. Oscorp weaponry. He can get that damage through, and guess what he can do now, Chris? If he got that one damage through, now he can move them. So it's one of those situations like Mm -hmm. you can guarantee you're going to use it correctly. Criminals, he's shockingly good because he's a three threat that counts as two. Do you really want to go to him? 
Do you want to trigger his traps? He's counting his yeah. two on the secure. It's not as obvious with criminals because he seems fragile if they can pay the tax, which he is. Because once again, his physical and energy defense is one if they can pay the tax. But they still had to come to him. They still had to perform the attack on him. They still had to pay two power. These are all things you're okay with as a criminal syndicate player. Because once again, he's still counting his two as long as he's not dazed. So pretty good. Cabal is interesting, right? And I think this is something you and I talked about a lot before off the air. Cabal's list is getting so big, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly who you want to play. Ugh, it's... You deal damage, you get more power. Mysterio, he deals damage, not a ton. Not well. He has plenty of economy, so this might be more of an affiliation thing, right? Getting your affiliation up. But I will say, Chris, Cabal is a second leader now. Her name is Sin. He's good on the Sin team, because guess what? He's a three or two threat character. Just like Sam, the swarm is real. He can hold a point by himself for Sin. And guess what? He's getting Sin triggers on top of his triggers of moving you off points. Full disruption. That team is full disruption. That's his spot in Cabal. Uh, yeah, that's the. those are the teams I hate playing the most. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Criminals in Cabal? Yeah, uh, full disruption, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about a couple places that are interesting for him. You know, we could go down the whole list. Of course, he's good in Steve's Avengers like normal. Traps costing two, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Never a bad pick. But moving on, people have tried him in other places. I, you know, he's interesting in Inhumans because they can pass power, right? And he's a power generating person. Maybe Lockjaw's by him, giving a lot of power. Maybe Lockjaw's teleporting him, getting around his short move dilemma. Pretty cool. You know, Chris, a place I haven't tried him, but I'd like to is Midnight Suns. Just getting to place him and kind of move the bubble, move the move the Grand uh-huh. Illusion at will, right? Ooh. Uh, a lot of interesting things. He's one of those characters, like, he's going to fit wherever you want him to because he's a three threat. But honestly, you're probably mainly playing him in his three teams. And that's just how it's going to be. And that's okay. He's one of those specialists. That's fair. That's, that's 100% fair. We're going to have characters like that. What about the storm hop though? I agree. So the storm hop is really interesting because it gets around his movement issues and maybe you can move him to a point where he's clearly going to win. So I think it's worth trying, Chris. Absolutely. Once again, he's not bad anywhere because he's a guy, if he deals damage, he gets to move characters short. Yes. That is that is unusually powerful in this game and unusually underrepresented in the game, straight up. Like, there's not a lot of characters that do that. Thanos, Doctor Strange, like, the, the list is small of characters that can move people at will, right? So, pretty cool. I mean, I think he's a pretty cool web warrior because him getting additional defense dice rolls, pretty cool. And then on top yes. of that, he's got some movement disruption, which... Web Warriors are all about moving you off points and controlling points for themselves and not fighting you. What's fun about Mysterio is he doesn't deal a ton of damage to his enemies, so like he doesn't give them a ton of power, which the Web Warriors already mm-hmm. want to do. The Web Warriors don't want to punch you a lot. They don't want to give you a lot of power because they, then you just do spenders and kill them. They want to move you off stuff, They want, and they take them for themselves. So he actually fits the Web Warriors in a really cool way as, as well. So he's not bad anywhere. Honestly... What's he like in Convocation? I have no idea. Probably pretty good. <laughs> Probably pretty good, Chris. Like Ironbound Books of Shumagorath, the card that lets you, your whole team use their mystic defense no matter what for one round. Like that seems good for him because his weakness is physical defense, is energy defense. Right. So there's a lot here. If it's, if it's very clear they're going to have the power to pay the tax, pop the card. Yep. So he's obviously a good mage. So he fits in that team, whether or not he's affiliated, yeah. it doesn't matter. He's a good mage, but he's a control mage of one spot. Like I said, he's a discount Loki because, you know, once again, Loki's got mind control. He can move people off stuff. He's got mystic attacks. He's got the Loki tax. Very interesting. And that's where I end this discussion, Chris. I think uh, <laughs> he's really interesting to play alongside Loki, but that's only against experienced players. You don't want to do that to someone who's new. Make them not quit the game, right? Please, yeah, please do not play Lokis and Mysterios against new players, guys. Come on. On the same team is what I'm talking about. Oh, no, don't play him against a new player at all. That was Come my on. first thought when I read this character, Chris, you know, being a, a mage type player I am. I was like, I can play Loki and Mysterio. You are ridiculous. <laughs> and now Loki has, you know, discounted gems, right? With the gem changes. So, like, Loki yeah, can tel- teleport Mysterio up the board. Ooh, buddy. Wait, are you caught in the Grand Illusion and you're in the Loki tax bubble? You're having a bad Ooh, day. That's a bad day. I, I think that's something we need to experiment with. Absolutely. So maybe slot Mr. and Asgard. Seriously. like Somebody do it and let us know. Yeah, let us know because it's pretty cool. But you know, if he had more consistent throws, he'd be a cool 
member of the brotherhood, but since he doesn't, I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, but it's one of those things like he's not bad anywhere, Chris. Like if you know how to play him, just play him where you want to play him. But the problem is we, you and I talked about it. He is a three threat specialist that does one thing really well. It's disrupt and control one area and play tricks on your opponent. So if he fits in your team with that in mind, or you can net some movement out of him, like Chris talking about with the hop, like I mentioned with Lockjaw, some teleports, maybe try him there too. You know, he's fun. He's one of my favorite characters in the game. And I don't know, man, he's so different. Well, your passion for the character definitely shines through. And I feel like you've done an excellent job of bringing us up to speed on one of the more mysterious characters tactically in the game, at least for me, he's always, he's, he makes, he makes my, my little brain hurt. I feel like our minds are still blown. It's documented on this very show when we did the new segment <laughs> on Mysterio and Carnage and how they literally dropped in one box, a three threat specialist on us and a four threat specialist on us that do have no, like even kill stats or abilities at all. They have one purpose. And if you don't fulfill that purpose, like, Oh, you you didn't play him right, and maybe you should have just played Black Panther. Maybe you should have just played yeah. Baron Zemo. But that's what I love about these characters so much is like they're so rewarding if you dig in deep with them. And you know, Chris, closing out our strategy section, we always talk about the sculpt. This is one of the better sculpts in the game. I would say, I mean It's seriously cool, man. His leg is disappearing into the smoke. One of his one of his legs are disappearing in the smoke. His hands are out doing the move we all know it but it's like they did the atomic mass thing where they nail his classic suit but they kind of up convert it to higher modern detail like he's got the runes on his gauntlets and his chest yeah he's got you know the fishbowl head of course iconic it's so this good is clearly like 1964 <laughs> yeah mysterio it's been detailed updated a little bit you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you have to. But yeah, it, the sculpts, the sculpts, wonderful, and it's one of those models that you see a lot of very, very well painted examples, and they're very inspiring. That's absolutely correct. Shout out to our favorite Serastro, and he did a really incredible how-to guide on how to paint this insane character with metallics and colors and smoke in his head and smoke on his body. You know, there's so many cool things, yeah. but uh, he's one of those models that pushes you to the limit. But also at the same time, if you're a novice painter, like a lot of us are, or an average painter, like a lot of us are, I'm speaking for myself, the model's so good, Chris, that like you can just paint him and he's going to look really good. Like you don't Drop have to do a wash all the on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> some washes, some contrast paint, some dry brushes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take the easy way out, like a lot of us do. Yeah, he's an incredible character. He's just slow. You know, he's very slow. He's very slow. You have to play turn zero with him right. And I'll leave it at that. You just have to. He has to have a plan where he's going to go. And I think, Chris, maybe the thought with that is he's one of your last placements on deployment. Because you're not going to play him early with a point in mind and have a bad matchup. You're going to play him late and have a good matchup. That's the plan. Yeah, he is your mid-game, mid-game, late-game disruptor. Yep. Don't be afraid to hold him back round one, friends, and just score with him, you know, because he's going to do a lot mid and late game when he's got a lot of power. So you've got to think of him in that concept of where it's like, as long as he's alive, he's doing a lot. So you're fine with that. Very exciting character, Chris. I agree. Fury's Finest is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. You can follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com with any inquiries or ideas or show collaborations. And if you leave us reviews on your podcast app of choice, it really helps us out. Chris, we're approaching the 200 reviews on the Apple Store. Oh, yeah, baby. That's the goal right now I have is for us to get to 200. It's a big deal, frankly, because not everybody has Apple Podcasts. Not everybody leaves reviews. Just know the minority of you guys out there that listen to our show that have left us reviews, it means a lot to us. So thank you for that. It truly, truly does mean a ton to us. So thank you very much. And also thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. That's right, Chris. All those reviews on any of any podcast app that you can review or rate or anything, it means a lot. And we sincerely thank you guys for it so much. I've said it before, and it continues to blow my mind and humble us and keep us going every week with our 
research, our writing, our reading, our playing, and our production of the show is, you know, we're in the gaming charts. That's gaming as a as a term, Chris, in multiple countries off and on every week. It's one of those things like, oh, you, you, you guys were in the top 15 of the UK this week. Excuse me, what? Excuse me, what? That's why. There's people that are playing Minecraft and Fortnite and Call of Duty that have podcasts, you know? And so it's a really amazing thing, keeps us going, and gives us a lot of hope for MCP. And hopefully spreading our love of this game and our lore of this game. Because, you know, one of my favorite things, Chris, to get from people is people reaching out and saying, I'm a huge MCP fan. I love you guys' show. I'm learning about the characters every week. And you guys, I can't get enough. And, you know, that's one of the things where it's like, we're trying to enhance your games is our goal, Chris. I think is a lot of this. Because, you know, not all of us can play all the time. Like, frankly, I haven't played in person in over a month, which is a crazy thing. Yeah, I've played on TTS a little bit, but like Chris and I basically haven't played in almost two months in person. And like things like other content creator shows and videos and things like keep us going. So hopefully we can keep you going during the dry spells, but also on top of that, tell you about a character like Quentin Beck, who's very interesting and maybe you get more enjoyment out of playing Quentin Beck on the board. That's our goal. I know I will. I certainly will, Chris. Every time we do these episodes, I enjoy character more. But of course, you can follow Chris and I on social media. We'd really appreciate if you follow us. We're trying to tweet more about MCP and also other things we like in this world. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken, J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. I tweet. That's right. Well, that was a really fun episode, Chris. We've got some interesting things on the horizon, so stick with us. Of course, more spider foes, but on top of that, <laughs> lots of news. Oh my gosh. Some tournament reports. Yes. Some other MCU-centric content, so stay tuned. But that's it. Thanks for listening, True Believers. I'm going to go watch the Moon Knight trailer. Excelsior! The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 